interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone from around the world. It is my bloody podcast time. Yes, it is. We're in a new week. It's episode 61. We have a very special episode today. Today we're going to be talking about all Fantastic Fest stuff because Preston and I, one of our favorite times of the year is coming up very, very quickly, and that is Fantastic Fest, the genre festival outside of Austin, Texas, and oh my gourd, we just want to talk about it because they uh, released the first wave for 2019 uh film so we're real excited to talk to you all about that uh we're going to forego our original format again we're going to do a couple bits of news but we're going to leave out our bloody question our bloody recommendation normally this week but uh instead we have a couple small bits of news but we're going to be covering all the films of fantastic fest 2019 and then we are going to talk about some of our favorite films from previous fantastic fest so we're very excited about that and of course i'm brian kluger boomstickcomics.com and highdefdigest.com and uh i'm on youtube and all that good stuff and uh i'm i'm joined by my partner in crime my my pic who goes to all these film festivals with me and we get into all sorts of naughtiness, trouble. Uh, Preston Barta from FreshFiction.tv and the Denton Record Chronicle. Preston Barta, my good PIC. What's up, man? Not much. How are you? I'm not so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited that the first wave came out for Fantastic Fest, and there's some fun movie news, horror news we get to talk about, and I'm just excited. And we, we, uh, I, yeah, I am. And, and I also want to say, like, Press and I saw a movie together in the theater this week. We sat next to each other. It was Hobbs and Shaw. Not a horror film, but I think overall we just kind of like well this is a fun stupid movie exactly <laughs> i had i had a i had a good time I really good too. time i did too uh so yeah you, you're doing all right you're excited about this fantastic fest yeah it's the time of the year that i get really excited about i get more excited about fantastic fest than i do uh south by southwest and as we've talked about on here numerous times i just enjoy just going to one location kind of makes it more special and being surrounded by just so many uh film lovers who just have an appreciation for genre film so when the first wave comes i like diving into them and figuring out what these movies are and seeing if i recognize the talent recognize the directors and so just doing all that homework is so much fun and then to speculate where it could go from here and how many other great films could be inserted in there. Right, right. <laughs> you said inserted. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's start out with our news first. Um, our little bits of news. We have three trailers to talk about. 
uh, some or all might be at Fantastic Fest. We'll see. So the first one we're going to talk about, which I cannot wait um, for, this movie is called The Lighthouse, and it is directed by our boy Eggers, who gave us The Vitch, The Vitch, The Witch, uh, a few years ago, which scared the shit out of us and loved it and just was a different type of horror. And this movie looks like a completely different type of horror movie shot. And it looks like 133-1 aspect ratio, like full screen. And stars looks like only Robert Pattinson, the new Batman, and uh, I'm myself, I'm a scientist, uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, and it looks like it just takes place on in a lighthouse and all sorts of craziness goes on. And I just can't wait to see it like for the cinematography alone. Cause it looks like it was filmed in the 1930s and oh goodness, I can't wait. Preston. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I'm excited about it for a number of reasons. One, because we're big fans of the witch and just, I was Curious to know where uh, Robert Eggers would go with his careers in the same way that I was curious about uh, Ari Aster's career um, for his sophomore film. And both of their second features are just strikingly different in tone uh, and, and visually. Um, the, the Lighthouse looks more like an Ingrid Bergman kind of movie. And uh, tonally, it feels like like the shining with two dudes at a lighthouse and just like the madness that ensues when you're just two guys in a lighthouse and trying to establish a routine for yourself, but you're losing track of time. I, I think it has something, some sort of commentary there about like how structured our lives are. Um, so I don't know. I'm just really fascinated with, uh, what sort of things I can dig out of the, his movie outside of it just being, terrible uh, or having all these like terror filled images like there's like a shot of a a woman drowning in the water underwater and then there's like an octopus or a squid or something in there and so no telling no telling and like the very one of the last lines of the trailer has i believe willem dafoe asking robert pattison how long have we been here? Two days, two months, two years? And it just like kind of cuts. And Yeah, I need to recollect or something like that. Right, you're just like, wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, what, what If it's supernatural, because it doesn't give anything away other than the, and it looks like it's literally filmed in like the 1930s, 1940s, black and white. And I can't wait for this, the, the look of this film because it's going to be beautiful. And I just love that they're going old school with it and, Oh, yes. And say what you will about Pattison, man. Like, Robert Pattison, forget Twilight. That's not him. Like, if you've seen his recent movies, dude, the dude is a great actor and loves genre film. And I look forward to him in Batman and this from Eggers. Like, there's something about him. And, of course, Defoe is good in anything. So, uh, oh, I can't I can't wait. And I, I'm curious on actually if this like takes place like in like a more modern day time and shot like this or if there's gonna be like many other characters or just them too like i'm i'm i have no idea what to expect and i like that about it i'm pretty sure it's either the late or the early 1900s or the late 1800s okay. uh, setting wise um 
So yeah, that'll be interesting. So overall, I'm very stoked about it, and I really hope it manages manages to f- fit into the Fantastic Fest schedule because A24 usually has a pretty good presence at Fantastic Fest each year. They didn't really have one at South by Southwest, but I'm hoping that with something like this, where the you know the witch played at Fantastic Fest in 2016 that I think uh, it's a perfect home to play it, and uh, I, I really hope they make that happen. Right, me too. I, I do, so I, I can't wait. Let's move on to the second trailer we're going to talk about. This one is called Little Monsters. It is not a remake of the Fred Savage, Howie Mandel, Daniel Stern movie from the 80s, although that would be awesome. No, this Little no, Monsters... No, it wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I think it would be... Well, I guess it's kind of hard to replace them, but... Uh, it would have been cool if it was a sequel, but it's not. This is a brand new zombie comedy film starring uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, recently seen in Us, as well as, oh, what's his name that we like from The Rocker and Be- the Beauty and the Beast live action film? Oh, um Josh Gad. Josh Gad. So it looks like uh, it takes place present day, and Lupita Nyong'o is a kindergartner or first grade teacher. They're going on a field trip, and then zombies are everywhere. And even in the very first line of the trailer, it's like, oh, zombies again, huh? Fast or slow? And they go, somebody goes, oh, it's the slow ones. And they're like, thank God, we have a chance. But it just looks really funny and gory and uh, very hardcore, or not hardcore R, I would say, like, but rated R. There's like a funny scene where Lupita Nyong'o, the teacher, and all like the little first grade kids are trying to get in somewhere, like a, to a shelter, and Josh Gad has it locked. And he's like, let us in, I have kids. She she says, let us in, we have kids. And Josh Gad's, I don't give a shit. No. And it's just, it looks funny. I mean, I feel like this might be one of the better comedy zombie genres. Maybe not quite as good as Shaun of the Dead, but better than, let's say, Cooties or something like that. I don't know. I, I like the trailer. I'm going to see it, of course. What do you think? I have seen the movie. I saw it at South by Southwest oh, uh, this year. You saw, you sense it already. I have. I didn't like it. Why did it, what? The trailer looks good. What? Why did the, you not it, like it? It it is a very good trailer. All the funny bits are in the trailer, no. and I laughed. I laughed sparingly, and not as much as I wanted to. I don't. I don't. There could be a lot of factors involved with that. You know, when you go to film festivals, you get tired. You beat. And then you go see a movie after movie, and then you're just not feeling it in the moment. So, uh, but I, it just did not ring for me at all. Was it the uh, same shit over and over that you've seen before? Uh, there's a couple, pretty much, but a lot. I think just a lot uh, dancing around like those funny gags and uh, moments. Uh, I really enjoyed Josh Gad in the movie. He kind of plays like this uh kid figure or, or like somebody that kids look up to kind of like barney or something like that he does like kid shows and goes on tours and things like that and so these uh kindergartners are going to a uh adventure park and it happens to be right next to a government facility where the outbreak happens and uh so they're the first in line to get killed um so it just becomes like a battle uh but it has like a really it's a funny premise. I enjoy uh, Lupita Nyong'o 
in the movie. Uh, there's there's a lot of focus paid to, and it doesn't do so much in the trailer with this like uh, deadbeat dad who, or not, I think he's an uncle in the film. Um, they show him in the trailer. He's like holding a uh, holding a guitar, and so yeah. he's really into music. And he has a crush on Lupita Nyong'o in the film. And um, so I was kind of not into that whole aspect of it, and it happens to be a big aspect of the movie. So um, I don't know. It, I just think there are really funny gags in there, and the trailer does a good job of kind of selling it as this. Uh, Shaun of the Dead type of, or Zombieland type of uh, uh, zombie comedy, but I just felt pretty underwhelmed by it, which is sad to say because I really like this director's first movie, uh, Down Under, that uh, played at Fantastic Fest. I laughed my ass off during that um, and had a good time, um, but this one just didn't really uh, do it for me. Are you going to see it again just to make sure you didn't like it? Uh, I, I will give it another chance, but it's not one that I want to go see the screening for. I'll probably wait unless they offer like a link or something like that. But it's not one that I want to go check out in the theaters. All right. Well, let's, uh, that's little monster. Check out the trailer. We'll see. Uh, the third and final trailer we'll talk about is the long awaited zombie land two sequel. They've tried to make this movie for years. It hasn't happened. They tried to do movies. They tried to do a series. It finally, uh, Rubenstein uh, is coming back. No, wait. Is it Rubenstein? No, it's not. What is his name? Ruben Fleischer uh, <laughs> is uh, coming back with the same cast. Zombieland 2 looks great. Looks fun. I'm all in. More jokes, more zombie antics, uh, and yeah, I'm glad to see all four characters. Kind of, they haven't aged really. Uh, <laughs> they all look pretty good. I'm excited. Except, except Abigail Breslin, she looks she looks older. She looks older. Well, she was pretty young in the first one, so her spurt probably goes up. But yeah, I, trailer looks good. Same cast and crew. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I think it'll be fun and to catch up with these characters 10 years later and just kind of see if uh, what how they've grown as people and what state uh, uh, humanity is in the moment, at the moment. And if there's been more growth with zombies, are there going to be some like surprises and like Resident Evil type of ways where there's just like they have evolved just as the humans have. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for all the jokes and I enjoy uh, Zombieland a lot. So this one uh, I expect to be the same. Yeah. So check those three trailers out if you haven't already. Um, so yeah, to do that there and hopefully these three films might show up at fantastic fest. I don't, I mean, mo my, my number one pick would be the lighthouse for sure. And hopefully they would bring Eggers, Patterson and Defoe in for that because Jesus, that would be amazing. Uh, but either any of the other ones would be fine. Um, but yeah, those are three trailers. We've got three other bits of news. We're going to go through, uh, right now, uh, first up, Netflix has announced a new upcoming 
horror anthology uh, movie called Ghost Stories. And they're Indian filmmakers. I'm going to butcher these names, but Zoya Akhtar, um, Anurag Kashyap, Karan Johar, and uh, Dibikar Banerjee. Banerjee? Uh, they all did Netflix's Lust Stories, which I'm curious about now, but they're reteaming for Ghost Stories, which will be a horror anthology including four short horror films that will uh, be thematically connected and all climax in a very scary, terrifying end. So uh, no release date, no, none of that, no casting yet, but I'm a sucker for horror anthologies, so... I'm quite intrigued by this, and I'm very. I want, I want to watch this lust stories. Uh, Preston, do you know anything about these these people or lust stories or anything? Uh, unfortunately, not. Um, but I'm just going to be echoing everything that you said. Um, <clears throat> I uh, not to be confused with that the ghost stories movie that came out last year or year. Before, this year i can't remember it was last year um but yeah i like uh, horror anthologies and uh i like different voices and if they have something new to bring to the table i'm excited about that but uh yeah i'm not unfortunately i'm not familiar with lust stories to see uh what kind of vision they'll bring to it and how deep they'll get into it so uh I'm definitely curious, so I'll have to look up the trailer for Lust Stories and then see if it's something I want to get into, and then um, I guess just wait until more information comes out because yeah. this is there's not enough quite here yet to have the hook completely in me. But um, if it's uh, making headlines, uh, it must be must be good uh, yeah. or a good opportunity. True, true that. All right. Let's move on to our second little bit of news. Uh, we've talked about this before. There, this this old film has been making the rounds at festivals again. Uh, it is called Tammy and the T-Rex. And it stars... Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, my goodness. I can't Denise remember. Richards? Yes, Denise Richards. And this was like a PG movie about a uh, Denise Richards and a T-Rex that kind of become together. <laughs> but unbeknownst to a lot of people, that movie actually first off was a hardcore, very bloody rated R version. And that version has been making rounds at film festivals. Very excited, by the way. Um, one of those was Cinepocalypse in Chicago. They did a 35 millimeter print. So, um, it looks like uh, one of our favorite uh, home video production companies, Vinegar Syndrome, is actually going to release the gory rated R cut of Tammy and the T-Rex on Blu-ray. I'm very excited about this because I don't think it's ever been released and I can't wait to see it because I haven't seen it yet. And it's going to be a new 4K restoration of it. Oh my goodness. And of course, yes, Preston, where is it playing? Fantastic fest. Yes, yes it is. Um, I feel like this is one that we have to see. Like Cole, you and I are probably going to three sit down and watch this. Yeah, because uh, both Cole and I have seen Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, I used to have a VHS copy of it because uh, when I was that young, you know, Jurassic Park was 
my life and I watched everything that was related to dinosaurs. Didn't matter what uh, it was rated. I watched it. And so uh, it's a very goofy, goofy movie, as you can imagine. Like you can watch a trailer and you'll see clips of Paul Walker getting his balls grabbed by some bully. And um, so uh, this uh, just having like this kind of goofy cartoon kind of like feel to a movie and then throw in blood and guts in it uh has me super excited and so yeah cole and i will definitely be there to see it at fantastic fest and um uh, we'll have to i'm gonna try reaching out to the vinegar syndrome guys um and maybe talk to them about it playing at fantastic fest ahead of the festival and then because they would also is pretty cool is they have their own booth of uh, all these uh, great titles that they've released and some that are not even out yet. There is the possibility that they, because they're going to be releasing Tammy and the T-Rex, uh, supposedly uh, around Black Friday. But uh, you never know. They could, for audiences that are there, have uh, some available pre-made. But that's just me speculating. That is not fact. But uh, who knows what will happen. So I think it'd be fun to have those guys uh, on the podcast with us in the future. So I'm going to try to make that happen. Yes, let's try to make that happen. That would be awesome. Uh, and like, and yes, I have seen Tammy and the T-Rex, but I've never seen the bloody rated R version. So I'm quite, quite looking forward to this uh, insane movie. And what, what if Denise Richards shows up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess that is a possibility, but I, I, I highly doubt it, but, um, you never know. You never know. By God. It's so funny. Um, so, uh, our last bit of news, we're going to talk about a new psychological thriller, which looks to be, um, all these, all these film studios are trying to get, uh, to get it, to buy it, and stuff like that. It is being set to direct by Olivia Wilde, who directed Preston's favorite movie of the year, Booksmart. Um, Olivia Wilde. It's, it's supposed to be a psychological horror movie called Don't Worry, Darling, and it's supposed to be about a very unhappy housewife in the 1950s who just spirals downward so i'm thinking kind of like what it seems like it's going to be set in kind of like a Mad Men era and then maybe like a horror film set around that time with a mother losing her cool maybe kind of like what you said before kind of like a shining aspect but instead of the father the mother i don't know so i do you know anything more about this movie i don't but um after Book Smart, uh, I do have to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite movie of the year at the moment because I've just been obsessed with it lately. But Book Smart is a very strong second. Um, but after seeing Book Smart, I kind of like uh, after seeing Get Out, I just, God, like what what can she do next? And I really hope she doesn't like sell out because I. Uh, half expected that maybe like Marvel or DC or some big studio would be reaching out to her because you're like, Oh, she has talent. Let's, uh, let's put her in something. But I'm glad that she's kind of sticking to her guns and just is uh, working with people that she uh, has a strong relationship with. And uh, this is material that's even more up my alley than book smart even though like I'm a sucker for coming of age movies and very nostalgic about that time. And the movie does a great job of doing that. Um, 
there's been like uh, movies. Uh, oh, what was that? There's one with like Julianne Moore that I had to watch in my uh, my college class, my college film class. And it has to deal with a, a house, a '50s housewife, and just kind of dealing with uh, the reality of the time. And I, f- I f- have a feeling that this is going to be kind of an extension of that um, because it's being uh, labeled as as a psychological thriller for the Times Up era. Um, so I think it will um, do a fascinating job of kind of exploring the era and the reality of the time while also kind of exploring the the like a psychological thrill the psychological thriller genre so there's no telling like what could be there but i really enjoyed book smart and i think she has a great uh eye for filmmaking um from a visual standpoint too she's uh super smart uh pun intended um uh-huh. Aha. So, um, yeah, I'm super stoked about this, too. So overall, all the news uh, for this week has been pretty stellar. Yeah, it is a decent week. Um, There's some cool stuff coming out, big things. So we'll we'll be in touch with you. I believe we both got, or at least I got, a screening of The Nightingale, which is Jennifer Kent's new movie, who did The Babadook. So I plan on watching that for next week's show. Um, very excited about that. And hopefully we can have somebody from the film on our podcast very soon. Yeah. Um, we should talk about the nightingale and uh, scary stories to tell in the dark next week. Right. Yeah. There's very excited things to come up, but, uh, that ends our news segment. We're going to move on to fantastic fest. Rest of the show will be about fantastic fest. But first, before we get into our favorite films that have played at fantastic fest, we're going to tell you a little bit about fantastic fest and you know how I would describe, um, this film festival, it's kind of like, you know, I, I talk it up quite a bit and it's basically a haven and utopia in Austin, Texas, where big movie lovers of genre, meaning sci-fi action, horror, even porn and just foreign films, uh, come together and just can talk and love film at its purest uh, form and you know the people who put on this festival they kind of like get it they they know like we don't want to go to a bunch of theaters it's all in one place it's kind of like a family everybody's super nice and they do like events involving the movies and kind of themed things so it's just like they're, they're, it's just great people wonderful films it's very accessible for people to talk to their, you know, actors and filmmakers at the bar and have a drink with them. Uh, and it's just, you know, if you love that genre stuff, this is like, just like your most favorite place in the world. Like, it's kind of like a genre films holiday season, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah rolled into one for these for this festival. And it really is. Cause you know, after you leave the festival, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. I'm tired, exhausted. I've partied. I've seen so many films, but then like literally three weeks later you get an itch and it's like, God damn it. I want to go back to fantastic fest again, but I have to wait a year. So that's what happens every It's like year. heroin. It is. It is like heroin and heroin's a hell of a drug. Trust me. It's an amazing drug. <laughs> 
but that's like Fantastic Fest is the heroine to us film lovers, and it's just so good. And I don't know, I don't know. So that's like how I would describe it, but maybe Preston has like more of an eloquent way of talking about it because I know he loves it just as much as I do. But what was, what would like, would you agree with that? Or do you have something like, what would you say about it? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I've been going to Fantastic Fest since 2014 and I can't remember like what caused me to want to, you know, go to the festival. I think it's just cause uh, going to South by Southwest, uh, cause we're in Dallas and it's, it's like three hours down South and it's not, it's not that far and it's like easier to go to, but a lot of people talk about it and it's only grown and grown since then. And so I, like I mentioned earlier, I just really like just hanging out with people in one space and it, it makes it feel more like home versus South by Southwest, which is very widespread. You, you hop around the Austin and downtown, go from, I don't know, five to eight different theaters. And then uh, it can be super stressful of trying to, you know, do an interview and then um, catch a flick and then you have to uh, make sacrifices and they suck and uh, they're not super accommodating when it comes to uh, uh, press screenings because, you know, it's our job to go there and report on these films, cover them and get people excited about them. And South by uh, doesn't do any of that. We, you know, you catch the, the premiere screening. They sometimes have an encore screening, but those will be midweek when you've, or at least for me, I know Brian too, we only tend to go the first weekend and leave maybe around Monday or Tuesday um, because it kind of dies down. Most of the best stuff tends to be at the at the front uh, the first weekend, especially this year with Fantastic Fest. So, um, But Fantastic Fest they will do press screenings like they have starting at eight o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Uh, when it, when it kicks off, you can start watching movies. Um, some of them tend to be like the smaller stuff, but it's like ones that may play opposite the big one. Uh, like Jojo rabbit. They'll probably have something that's playing opposite it. And then, uh, we have to, go see that uh, we want to go see uh, that film that's playing opposite uh, in the morning. So they're just super accommodating. They understand. I don't know. We, we just uh, get super stoked about it just because they, uh, like I said, fantastic fest, the programmers and the people that work there, they just have an understanding of uh, the stresses that audiences deal with, such as lines and uh, South by Southwest still hasn't quite perfected that, but fantastic fest. They treat it like you're going to see, you're going to see a film uh, no matter what during a time block. It may not be the one that's your first choice, but oftentimes, most of the time it, it tends to be like the, the, your wish list that you make for yourself the day before uh, using their uh, app or online. Uh, you get to pick what movie and you do, you know, your first choice, second choice, third choice. And then you get your um, your uh, schedule uh, later on. And um, they so it's just easier for you. You don't have to go to wait in line, not know if you're going to get in or not. 
and have to wait two hours or something in line, uh, or at least for regular audiences. Sometimes uh, South By can be more accommodating and you can get a press ticket or something like that. But most of the time that tends to go to people who uh, are doing interviews. And so it's just super stressful. And it's, you know, I just go because I... I've kind of got it down at this point. I know what to expect, but for most people who like haven't been there yet, they dive right in. They're like, fuck this. But for fantastic fest, it's so much easier to recommend to people because, uh, they do have, like I said, have an understanding of, of what it, what sort of stresses, uh, press members go through. So, uh, I love it. I love being under the same roof. I love, uh, chatting with, strangers and networking and talking to filmmakers and a lot of the interviews that we do take place in the same location they have a a a bar there called the highball and they have internet and um drinks and you uh, go upstairs where they have like these karaoke rooms and that's where you do your interviews and uh so very very uh, seldomly will I have like an interview that's off location, but it's never too far. So, um, and parking, uh, if you get there early, uh, it's free cause they have a pretty big garage. And so you can park there, just stay there all day. And if you have something to go do later, then you can just hop in a, you know, a Uber or whatever and get, get across town. And then, uh, since, uh, we've been going there, which is at the, uh, Alamo Draft House in Austin on Lamar, South Lamar. Uh, the area has kind of exploded. They have like a, a Shake Shack down there. They have this great coffee shop that uh, Cole and I like to go to called the Cafe Medici. And they have really good tea and things like that. And so that's where we go work to kind of relax and step away from the chaos a little bit. It's, you know, it's chaos. Um, in in the festival it's at the festival itself inside the alamo but it's like a good type of chaos so you can have your breaks you can go walk around the corner and they have all sorts of shops and places like that so uh if you're getting burnt out on alamo draft house food there's other places to go eat at and so yeah i just enjoy hanging out with my friends and going there and just enjoying good films because most of the films they have that play there are damn good very, very true. And I, I have to say, I have to be honest. I have to be honest about Alamo Drafthouse. Um, when I, we saw the, um, what's it called? The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie there. And I ordered food, ordered a full meal, an appetizer. And my guest did as well. And after we ate our meal, that was some, it was like some of the worst food I've ever had. I don't know what happened. Because usually it's not bad, but it like, it made my stomach feel bad. It was not good. So I don't know if they've changed their vendors, but I hope it fixes itself for Fantastic Fest because you're at the theater all day. You want to eat. And I like going out in Austin and eating while I'm there, but uh, it kind of proves difficult to do that. But I don't know. Did you, did you, have you noticed that recently? Um, I uh, don't eat there a whole heck of a lot. I tend to just stick with the popcorn and things like that. But at Fantastic Fest, uh, I, I know me and Cole think the same where, you know, we're sitting down like most of the time. We're not like running around. So that that's like probably the more positive aspect of South by Southwest is like for your physical health. Um, you're running around a little bit. And so I feel like I, uh, I, uh, you know, I can, my belt doesn't have to be, or I have to, my belt needs to be a little bit tighter. Um, 
while at uh, Fantastic Fest, I tend to just go with like one meal. Like I, I will uh, for one night, like the big film that I'm like super stoked about, like maybe Jojo Rabbit, since I'm really stoked about that and that being the opening night film. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to get a gluten free pizza with goat cheese and bacon, please. Um, so I'll do that. But uh, I, I tend to stick with the one the the meals that I know tend to that tend to deliver. Um, but I don't get too daring because uh, one of the movies that I'm going to talk about uh, later on um, that I saw at the festival, which ended up being one of my favorites, they had a dish that is uh, part of the theme that they're doing that year. Um, I, so they're doing like a, like Hispanic food and stuff like that this year, it seems. So uh, that's more exciting. And so in years past, they did like Indian food and uh, it was like perfectly described uh, that or at least got me uh, salivating over it. And then when I got it, it was so bland. So it's a bit of a gamble, but uh, um, you just have to kind of go off of what people say. So uh, maybe you need to be the, the lab rat on the first night and figure that out. Or you'll just wait after a day and talk with people and be like, have you liked this and do that? So you can talk about food there and have a good time. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's a bit of a gamble with their food. I do have to say. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but other than that, let's talk about this first wave. What you think? Uh, I'm, I think there's some really great stuff in there. Um, but you have to do a little bit of digging. Uh, a lot of these titles outside of like Jojo rabbit, um, and, uh, uh, the, the Dick Long movie uh, from from the guy who did uh, uh, what was it the the farting movie yes Swiss the, Army Man yes yeah, shirts or schnurts or something like that I try to yeah so uh, there, there's a few in there that like I already knew what the titles were just because I like those directors and I researched their work but then there's some other ones where I'm like okay so I'm gonna crack my knuckles get into this see if I recognize some of these uh, uh, talent and uh, filmmakers and see what else they've done yes. and then research the premises. And then as I was doing all my research, I'm like, damn, there's some really fun and exciting stuff in there. So uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty damn good first wave. Yeah, there, there definitely is. And you know, like opening night is Jojo the rabbit, the Taika Watiti movie where it looks like a little kid has a imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. It looks really fun. It looks very Wes Anderson. -y. But there's a few that really caught my mind. Do you mind if I go through a couple of them? Go for it. Okay, so one of them, of course, me being the wrestling fan. Oh, uh, uh, I know what it is. <laughs> is called uh, El Vampire Lica Libre, Nail in the Coffin, El Vampire Carandinsine, or something like that. And so this is a documentary on a former pro wrestler um named vampiro he was in wcw he now works for lucha underground and he has had kind of a crazy life like most wrestlers but this one this guy is like in insane like some people really like him some people really don't like him but he had a really cool gimmick and he was on set to be like this crazy bigger than life uh wrestler and it didn't really happen um, also, this guy, Vampiro, whose real name is Ian Richard Hodgkinson, um, he is born in Canada. He's a Canadian. Um, he, 
he's very into the occult and voodoo and vampirism, hence his uh, vampiro name. And he also thinks that two spirits from Guatemala are following him and trying to, like, possess him. It's pretty crazy. Uh, And unfortunately, like, very recently he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. But this is supposed to be, like, a pretty cool documentary uh, about him. And I'm just, like, very excited about this because the theme of Fantastic Fest this year is... Uh, Mexico, and even like the poster has all the luchador masks on it too. So um, it just it just looks good. I'm really into like documentaries like this, especially wrestling ones, because a lot of the wrestling superstars are have fascinating lives. And if you've ever watched any documentary like the Andre the Giant one or the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty, you just like you're entranced at these people. So it's it's pretty interesting. So I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, another, uh, hey, hang on. Oh yeah. Uh, do you mind if we do like you do one, I do one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. You, okay. you do one, I do one. Yes. Yeah. You go. Yes. Yeah. But I did, uh, I did read that and I thought, yep, this is probably going to be the, the, the movie that Brian's most excited about. It's right up his alley. <laughs> and, uh, as you work so hard, like almost every day to try to get me into wrestling, um, I do have an appreciation for movies about it. Like I love the wrestler. I really like ready to rumble. I grew up on that movie, but, uh, I like seeing the reality of the behind the scenes kind of stuff. So, uh, that might be one for me to kind of dive into. Cause I, I like to see like the, the, the troubles that wrestlers go through to kind of perfect their craft. So, uh, it, yeah, that, that one seems pretty fascinating to me. Um, what Fantastic Fest also does, um, outside of like showing movies that are coming out as they do, uh, retro screenings and they tend to work with a, uh, AGFA. Um, and then this year, uh, along with, uh, Tammy and the T-Rex, they're going to be doing a bloody birthday, which I talked to, or I talked about. Uh, in one of my bloody recommendations, uh, Arrow Video or Arrow Films put it out recently, and I had never seen it before. It's a 1981 film where uh, these kids uh, that are 10 year olds who were all born on the night or on the day of like uh, an eclipse, and so 10 years later, uh, their uh, thirst for killing kind of awakens in them. And so they start killing people around the area and because they're kids, nobody suspects them. So uh, it's a little, it's, you know, as disturbing as it sounds, uh, it's a, it's a really fun movie. My wife watched it with me and it has like this kind of a Friday the 13th kind of feel to it where it's kind of like dirty and, uh, uh, it's not like super well produced or anything because, you know, they're kids and, uh, I'm like right now I'm thinking of that time. I told that story about Robert Eggers when he, uh, was at fantastic fest talking about the witch and the kids that are in the twins that are in the witch. He he told them that they were pretty much just doing a Disney movie so they can, uh, not get, have be traumatized by the experience of, killing or see witnessing killing and uh being in a dark movie and so you can tell as you're watching the movie um you'll see like shots of 
like one of the kids being like a peeping Tom, uh, staring through one of the kids, uh, older siblings, uh, hole in the closet to see like the sister undress and things like that. Um, and there'll be like shots of them killing people, but they'll like shoot it in such a way to where it, you could tell that, uh, they probably just got a close up of their face. And then, uh, when it came to the act of, you know, the, the hammer or the bat or whatever weapon they're using, um, was probably done by somebody else. And so it, it, it's fun. I, I really enjoyed that movie. So I'm glad that, um, uh, they're going to be doing a retro screening, uh, probably in some, probably 35 millimeter because, uh, the arrow films release of it, it has all those scratch marks and, um, uh, that kind of like film, like projector feel. And so I, 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 I will be there to watch that movie, even though I've seen it. I need to watch it on the big screen because it's a fun film. Bloody birthday. Arrow video, by the way, very last couple days at Barnes & Noble to get your Arrow video Blu-rays 50% off. Yes. So get that one. Um, yeah, no, that that will be fun. I, li- I like those retro screenings, too. They're super fun. Uh, another movie announced in this first wave of Fantastic Fest that has me all over this for very sadistic reasons because I find this hilarious, but it's also another documentary called Wrinkles the Clown. Yeah. And so basically this documentary takes a look at the story of this uh, infamous, very scary clown from Florida who made a living by being hired by parents to terrorize their naughty kids. <laughs> God damn, that sounds good. That and sounds he, like something that you would be doing for as a side job to get some extra cash. No, I would love that. Oh my goodness. You know much I would love to dress up as a scary clown and freak out little kids. Oh my goodness. And that begs a question. Preston, would you hire me? Uh, no, uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I'm raising you, my kid right. You say that now, but there might be a time and place where you're like, Roe needs to learn. Yeah, I, 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 he, yeah, he'll need the Brian exorcism. So this, I mean, it's an 80 minute documentary about this thing and about like, I can't wait to see like, what were the parents thinking? Yeah, the kids just talked back. What so. were the results uh, and stuff like that? Because, yeah, he's like the, the guy that plays Wrinkles the Clown is like 65 years old. So he's been doing it for a little bit. So, uh, like, I can just imagine in like today's age, you put that up and people are like, oh, my God, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. But then, uh, you know, sometimes you got to get your hands dirty to see some results. So I wonder, like. Uh, if he like caught up with like some of the kids like down the line when they're adults and if that like steered them wrong or steered them the a different direction from going down a troublesome path. So that would be interesting to see if they uh, if it's like a an all encompassing documentary that I want it to be. Right. Yeah. No, I'm a, I, I, yes, I want I want to I want to see the, the this movie, too. Uh, Preston, you got another one? Yeah, uh, the first film that's like actually on the on the first wave of films is a film called uh, it's from Spain and Argentina called Four by Four. And uh, I looked at the poster and then I was like, oh, no, like you can look at some posters and some stills and be like, oh, I know exactly what to expect uh, from the kind of quality. There's one move, another movie in here where I saw the cleansing hour mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, based on a short 
but when I watched the short, uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this guy's got it together to where it's going to be a unique enough film. But 4x4, there's a trailer out there that you can watch. It's about a minute long. And uh, it looks exciting. It's a cool premise. I like movies that are like kind of contained stories. It looks like it branches out a little bit. I'm sure there's a little bit of setup of because the the movie itself is about a thief that is uh, trying to like steal stuff out of a car, like such as the radio. And he gets locked in it. So pretty much he was just baited. And then there's somebody that's kind of doing like the uh why am i spacing on his name right now uh dennis hopper that you know like from speed kind of uh has this like sinister agenda the entire time as like a kind of payback and so uh he's like push pushes this thief to his limits as to what he's gonna how he can escape he's like trying to tear the doors apart and he just can't get out it's like a prison cell that he can't escape yet the windows are tinted so nobody can hear what he's doing or see what he's doing um but he has a gun and things like that so it's like it's like saw so i'm just curious to know what links it's going to go to how creative it's going to be and like what what the the big reveal will be and how that will all play out. So I'm excited about that one. So that's four by four. There you go. Um, another one that I'm really, uh, looking forward to, uh, just because of the director. So the movie is called in the shadow of the moon and it is having its world premiere at, uh, fantastic fest and it's directed by Jim Mickle. And so I've, I think both press and I have, interviewed Jim Mickle. He did one of my favorite films of that year in the, uh, or no, it, what we, we are, what we are, which was about kind of like a cannibalistic family. And it was great. So it, this movie in the shadow of the moon looks to be kind of like a sci-fi movie starring Boyd Holbrook as a police officer who, uh, tries to catch a serial killer who only comes up every nine years. But it, there's more to more to it than that, I think. And I don't, I don't know. I just I'm when I saw Jim Mickle, I'm like, okay, we are what we are. Loved it. Now I'm interested in this. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. I don't know much about it, but I'm this kind of like this sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I was intrigued by that too. Um, another one that I'm uh, kind of excited about uh, is uh, Memory: The Origins of Alien. Um, Alexander uh, Felipe, he did uh, a great documentary on Psycho, specifically the shower scene. And uh, so this is like his follow up to that as he's examining like classic horror films or classic films. And so um, I'm I'm stoked about this. I love Alien as we've uh, done a whole episode on it. And uh, I love the alien documentaries that are included on the on the releases that they've had, uh, such as the quadrilogy release. And uh, they 20th Century Fox did like a 35th anniversary and most recently released it on 4K. So uh, any any sort of uh, story about alien, uh, whether it's uh, the the art direction and uh, the you know, using condoms and God knows what, uh, to kind of just achieve the, the, 
the look of the film and the, the story of the film uh, is pretty interesting to me. So, um, yeah, that will be one that I will definitely have to see. Uh, Memory, the origins of Alien. Yeah, this, uh, that'll be fun to see just because, yeah, just like Preston said, that just we love that movie so much just, just to see any kind of thing about that is super fun. Um, and my, and I'll just do one more other. There's so many that I could go through, but I'll just do one more so we can get on to our other segment. But my, my last one will be, uh, a movie called first love. And of course I'm going to my sadistic one, my sadistic side, Takashi Miike, who gave us Ichi the killer and visitor Q amongst many uh, audition amongst many other ones. And so I don't know too much about this movie other than it has kind of like a boxer and uh, like the triad and two couple, a couple falling in love and, and then probably a whole lot of very crazy sadistic violence. And I just, yeah, uh, there's, there's a, there's a trailer out there that you can watch. And um, so, yeah, it has like this, at least what I'm gathering in it. I'm like, I, I still watch trailers with my fingers over my eyes a little bit, so I only latch on to a few things. And so I was focusing more on it visually. And uh, so a, a lot of the critics, or at least the quotes that are being pulled and slapped in the trailer are saying it's it's very Tarantino-like. So expect something that's kind of slow burn of like this boxer who wants wants ex- once success doesn't quite reach it finds love but that also comes with consequences and he gets swept up into this violent world and so that's the kind of feel that i'm getting from it and so uh as we've talked about audition on here uh i'm, I'm pretty sure takashi Mike has uh some some uh, knives up his sleeve that he's gonna throw at us and uh i'm anxious to see how that'll be yeah, no, it just it just seems I, I'm all in for Takashi Miike, and it looks like Miike will actually be at the festival this year. So holy shit, hope we <laughs> yeah. score that interview because that would be awesome. I just want to talk all about Visitor Q, really, because <laughs> that movie's crazy. Um, but no, this this looks good. So that there's there's tons of others, and we'll probably talk about all of the others at some point. But Preston, uh, what's your what's your last one? Um, there. I think people should go look up the death of Dick Long, but um, the another one that that I didn't know anything about, but uh, has me interested, is called Deerskin, yes. and it's from France. There's also a little teaser that's out there, and it also has a Tarantino-like feel, which is funny enough because the director's first name is Quentin, <laughs> but uh, the text of it that's in the trailer and the text of the poster has that kind of feel, but it also has, uh, Jean Jou Jardin in it from the artist. And that guy's kind of like falling off the face of the earth to me just cause he does a lot of stuff in France, but uh, he popped up in the Wolf of wall street. But I, I was wondering when I was going to see something, uh, that was going to hit stateside that, um, I could see with him that's in it. Um, so, uh, this, this particular story, um, involves uh he, he's his name is george and he buys a deerskin jacket and then after that he finds that his life is on this collision course with uh like he's going crazy and crime and he gets into uh uh killing um so as you'll watch in the trailer like there's just some surprises in there where you like 
you expect that this man lives a certain lifestyle, but he's like Mr. Brooks in that he has like a, a sinister side, a malicious side to him. And so, uh, the fact that it's only like 77 minutes long, um, has me also excited about it. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot yeah. going for it and I'm excited about the, the, the comedy feel to it too. Cause it seems like it's going to have that nice balance, kind of like the finale of once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, no, I'm, um, excited about it too. Um, I, there's just so many that I look forward to and this, this is definitely, that's definitely one of them. And so I, I imagine in our future shows, we're going to be talking about pretty much all of the films, but, uh, this is a good start. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now on to kind of our main feature presentation, we're going to, uh, um, talk about three different, three each, uh, three films each that played Fantastic Fest previous years that we saw and talk a little bit about them, why we loved it so much, our favorite ones. So, um, w- let's see, I'll, I'll, I'll go for, do you want to do like the back and forth thing again? Sure. You, yeah, that's okay. fine. Okay. So I'll do, so my first runner up here I will talk just because I love this movie and uh, so much it spawned sequels and it was one of the most fun movie going experiences too so John Wick actually premiered at Fantastic Fest and they had the entire cast and crew including uh, Keanu Reeves there and he actually watched the movie with us. He just sat, you know, a few seats down uh, from me and got a good interview from him. And it was just, and so that movie is so good because we all expected, like, okay, another action movie for Keanu Reeves, and okay, whatever. And then going through the movie, it's like, holy shit, this is actually super good. <laughs> So good, and like the audience reactions to some of the funnier moments, and like the um, intense death scenes and gun foo, it was just so good and such a fun experience. So, John Wick, yeah, I, I would say just like from interviewing all the people to Keanu's interview was great, sitting next to him and hearing all the crowd's reaction, and then. I think we all had kind of like all of the audience had like a expectation of this movie, like, okay, it's just going to be okay. But then it just completely blew our minds. It's made two very successful sequels and then more is coming. And, uh, and then it just kind of like did, cause like this year was the year where like almost every movie had a dog death in it. And this one was like the most brutal, but then, Right after the dog dies, he, Keanu does what we all want to do if somebody killed our dog, which was, like, kill everybody that was kind of uh, involved in it. And it's just, oh, it was so, it's so good. And that was such a fun, fun film to see there with the right audience and the right amount of, yes, cheer and a praise. And so uh, that's my one of my runners up, uh, my, my runner up. So... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, that was definitely one of the highlights of my going to Fantastic Fest as well. Um, uh, this one I've spoken about before, but I'll bring it up again. And it's Split. I don't. I think that one's my all-time favorite experience. Because um, as, of the reveal and yeah, the secret too. Yeah, it, it was just like I've never watched a movie with the crowd that was just like that jazzed about the reveal. 
as that and just how exciting it was when um, M. Night Shyamalan came out and uh, uh, Jason Blum and James McAvoy. It was just so exciting. Like, no, it was the secret screening. No one had no idea. No one had a, a no. They didn't have any idea that it was going to be that movie. Uh, we all speculated, but once the Universal logo came up and then you saw James McAvoy, you're like, oh shit. All right. So let's see. And then it just ended up being like, uh, a return to form for M night Shyamalan. And it was so thrilling of a movie and it's only gotten better for me over the years. Um, and so, uh, I, I just don't think anything will ever top that experience of a secret screening and then just it having that much of a payoff and then walking around in the world where you're like, I just know like the, one of the biggest secrets, it seems like, and I'm going to have to hold on to this until it comes out in January, which was like, uh, four months later. So, uh, yeah, hands down, that was one of the best experiences. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty badass. And oh man, that reveal, you're just, you hear the music and you're like, I, re- I recognize that a little, what the fuck? And you're like, wait a minute, this is Bruce Willis. What is happening? This, oh, so good. Okay. <laughs> it's a good one. All right. So my, I, I definitely have my favorite one, but my second runner up, uh, it, it, I had to go through, like, I had to pick one of three and I already know what you're picking. So, um, for your favorite, so I'm not going to go there, but know that I'm there with you. But, um, I ended up picking for my second runner up just because it really scared. This movie really scared me and it had a lot more going on and it like gave the right amount of information to it. And while it didn't, uh, was the I think just like one that I didn't expect to like but I loved is the autopsy of Jane Doe uh that movie I so loved with Emile Hirsch and Brian Cox and it's kind of a it's a movie about a father-son morgue and then this mysterious cadaver comes in this young woman and just all hell breaks loose like she like doesn't have any organs and like what's happening and why is her skin still look like this and then all of a sudden it's so creepy and i remember at the time like emile hirsch was there for the film and they had actually the cadaver of this naked woman like bush and all out on display in the theater and it was just like i remember just like oh here we go selfie and i was very excited about it uh but yeah autopsy of jane doe like really it was so good to me i really really enjoyed it and scary and of course like this like beat out greasy strangler for me and a couple others but like i just keep going back to autopsy of jane doe because i've watched it again and again it just still is as scary as that. And I don't know if Preston felt the same way about that movie, but I really loved it. It was just filmed beautifully and great. And it just haunting one of the finer horror films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie too. I own it. And it's one that I recommend to a lot of people. Uh, actually, uh, my, my wife used to work at this school in Dallas and one of the teachers, uh, relatives i believe it could have been husband was one of the writers of the movie so it was really 
yeah, it was cool. I was like, oh man, I should interview that guy. Um, but yeah, I love that movie it, because again, like Split, it was it's just it had the element of surprise. Nobody quite expected it to be good, and, along with John Wick too. Those tend to be like the best experiences when you you feel like you have an idea of what it is, but then uh, it flips it on its head and pulls the rug from under you and ends up being like one of the most satisfying experiences of the festival. Um, one uh, that I expected it to be good, but not as remarkable as it ended up being as The Handmaiden. Uh, we saw that movie, or at least I saw it, at early in the morning because um, I tend to – it was a press screening at like 8 in the morning or something like that. And it was playing opposite of a movie that's uh, – at least later that night um, uh, that was more fun. And I tend to like like to get into the most – or the more in-depth material at the beginning of the day as my brain's kind of awakening. And then I like to get into the trashy, fun, dumb, fun stuff at night that's, like, more fun to watch with the crowd because I wasn't expecting uh, The Handmaiden, which is, like, a a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, to be, like, uh, an amazing one to watch with the crowd. But there's quite a few surprises in that movie that I wish I could have watched with a larger audience. But... Um, it's one of my favorite, like shot films, um, Park Chan-wook who did like old boy. Um, he's really gifted with the camera and, but he, he also has like this understanding of, uh, American sensibilities and American humor. And so like a lot of the stuff that's funny in the film translates really well. And it just doesn't feel like inside jokes to, um, the, to Asia. So I, uh, really enjoyed that film. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a movie that deals with a lot of double crossing and things like that. It's such a twisty movie and it's like set up in such a way like a Tarantino film where it's like different chapters and you get different perspectives and you start learning more information. And it's just like this huge mystery tale and, uh, it ends up becoming real, like a sweet love story, uh, but it doesn't quite unfold in the way that you think it is. Um, but uh, it was just like a, a perfect movie to come out at, at its time in 2016 um, for me. Um, and so I, I just love that movie. So The Handmaiden. Handmaiden. I remember seeing that at Fantastic Fest in a the theater and just like, well, this just got – I mean, I, I agree. I love the whole movie, but there's like a scene towards the end where it's just like, yes, we, we've been waiting for, and it just like keeps going. And Park Chan-wook just is like, okay, here we go. Very sexual movie. I like it. Um, like it. All right, so we're doing our favorites now, our favorite absolutely thus far in our Fantastic Fest career. Yes. Okay, so I would ima- so I know what you're talking about because you told me, but I wonder if you think you know what I'm going to say. Bat pussy. Bat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, that's not it. <laughs> Although that was a fun screening, though. Uh, no, this, when I saw this, th- this thing that I watched has become a way of life for me. I've, I've, I quote it constantly every day. I've bought merchandise. It's not a horror film. It's actually a comedy TV series, and they debuted it at Fantastic Fest. It is called Letterkenny, and I know I've talked about it, but they debuted it 
at Fantastic Fest a couple years ago, and it was only available in Canada. And now Hulu has picked it up for like eight seasons. It is exclusively on Hulu, and there is six seasons out right now, and there's going to be at least uh, eight or ten more. Um, so it's this show is basically uh, the, the town is called Letterkenny, and it tells the problems of Hicks, Skids, Christians. Uh, and hockey players and the characters and the dialogue is super rapid, fast fire dialogue. That is just it's kind of like Gilmore girls, but, uh, way more F bombs. Yeah. Rated R Gilmore girls, uh, but not strictly, uh, for that demographic kind of more on. The yeah. Notes. I was about to say, am I going to say that that'll be the hook for my wife to say, Hey, it's like Gilmore girls, but uh, a little dirtier. And <laughs> <laughs> well, like in like the, sh- there's not really a whole lot at stake in the show, but it's just like great, funny dialogue with this Letter Kenny is way smarter than that. Uh, not ma- mainly, mainly in their like crazy references, but in puns and mm-hmm. smart jokes that they could deliver twenty minutes about poop and like still be relevant and original. Uh, it's just a great, great, funny ass show that's you know twenty two minutes long, and uh, I just I you quote it constantly. I have t-shirts and hats and everything else from this show, and it just I'm so glad that this came about at Fantastic Fest because I don't think really a whole lot of people saw it at Fantastic Fest. I think people like, oh, what a Canadian comedy show. Yeah, it's not until it came on Hulu that it seems like more and more people like they played in my office where I work all the time. Um, they would just play it in the office, and so I'd be like worried that people would walk in and hear, uh, fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck. Yeah. It's but just... <laughs> uh, it's so funny. It's so good. Like It's just the, the setups are hilarious, and, you know, if you type in Letter Kenny Cold Open on YouTube, you'll watch, like, the first, like, three minutes of the show ever, and you should be hooked because it's just too funny. And it's, like, consistently funny and smart, and, you know, there's just something fun and wholesome about it while still being relevant and uh, good today, like, still, like, so many episodes in, and you just, I constantly want more, and I know Preston, for probably right after Fantastic Fest through, you know, through now, I was, like, constantly every day texting or calling them, it's like, make sure you watch Letter Kenny, make sure you watch Letter Kenny, uh, and they finally did, and I, uh, Susan finally saw it, and Preston finally saw it, and I think they like it, not probably as much as I do, but everybody I've introduced it to love it, so I just, it's that good, and it's, I think that's probably my favorite thing, just because I, it's such a big part of my life now, and I recommend it to everyone, so, uh, yeah, Letter Kenny, thank you, Fantastic Fest, for seeing yeah. the light before everybody else did. Yep. Yeah, I do. I really do enjoy that show. But yeah, it did take a while for me to actually get into it. I think it was like maybe earlier this year, uh, January or so, or maybe it was last year. I can't remember. Um, Got into it because we were watching in the office and then I was curious as to what it was and then uh, went out there and then, uh, yeah, got hooked. So, yeah, it's a good show. So it took it took that. I was I was 
I wasn't trusting you completely, Brian, and, and I apologize for that. <laughs> you should trust me on these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except so, wrestling. Uh, I'm very excited to hear your favorite movie and you talk about it because I probably, like you said, I will feel the same way. Yeah. Um, so the, the movie that I'm picking uh, is one of my favorite movies right now. Um it, it was my favorite movie that I saw. I, I think it actually finally came out in 2017. Um, but it, it was my favorite movie that I saw in 2016 and would have been on my top of the year. Yeah. Um, but it was so strong to me that it ended up being uh, the best movie for a year and a half for me uh, that I was able to put it as my number one in 2017. And that is uh, Raw. Uh, I believe it's still on Netflix. It might be. Um, so I have to check that, but, um, I, I just adore this film. Uh, I, which is kind of a strange way to describe it when it's a movie that involves cannibalism. (laughs) But, uh, I, I think, um, you know, a lot of people have the wrong impression of this movie. Um, I certainly Kind of, well, I did. Like, I, the reason why I wanted to go see it is because headlines came out after it premiered at tr- the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, just a little bit before, is that people were throwing up and uh, passing out, and they had to call ambulances. And but it was a midnight screening, and then I I, re- I talked to like one of the people that uh, was there. Uh, it, it was either a publicist or one of the producers, and they said, "Well, just a lot of those. I mean, it was a midnight movie. A lot of those people were drunk." Um, so what do you expect? And uh, the movie does have its hardcore moments, but it really is such a sweet movie about this bond between two sisters. But so uh, the movie itself is about uh, this young college student who's going to uh, this veterinarian school. And it's like one of the most hardcore vet schools. Like it's like they do raids and <laughs> stuff like that. They're hazing processes insanity uh the movie's all in french uh, so it takes place in france and so um uh y- you could be watching it and be like oh man is that really how things go down in france but uh it- it's always like really unique when you watch movies from either france or germany and they have like this kind of like raw edge to them and you're like man is that really how things go down there but um uh, you know it- it's not but uh it it's a movie. It's, you know, as Keanu Reeves, it's a movie. That's what he says. Um, so you can have a good time. Uh, but the, the hazing process, uh, for this college student who is a vet, uh, who's also a vegetarian, she, uh, has never eaten meat in her life. And the way that the movie opens is, uh, with her, uh, with her parents and her older sister already goes to that school. Her parents went to this veterinarian school. So it kind of deals with like the pressures that our family put on us to kind of like box us into doing something or like having, not having complete control of your life. And so this movie's uh, more than just like a movie of cannibalism. It's, it's a coming of age film. It's about trying to find your independence uh and uh you know having your desires and ambitions uh repressed and just pressed down to where you just can't really do that um and so you explode and uh you need to let the air out of the balloon and so that's what makes this movie much more than just a movie about uh a girl that's a vegetarian that ultimately becomes a cannibal but um 
there's a lot going on here and I would love to get like seriously in depth with it. I'm sure we're going to do like a full episode down the line because, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens later on in the movie, uh, that I would love to get into. Um, but on a surface level, that's like pretty much all that I can really say about it is that I just really enjoy the relationship that this uh, young girl has with her older sister and just how things kind of progress for her. And uh, so when it gets to those hardcore moments, they're hardcore, but uh, they're uh, it's not, not to the point where you feel like you're watching like cannibal Holocaust. Like there's, it, it takes its time to kind of, I, I guess it, it feels like it's a much uh, more, it has more of an impact than movies that are strictly like gross out where you like just see sick images. But this one, you have like context, you have like a story that's building up. So it has like those scenes have a payoff and you have an understanding of as to why things happen and uh, why they unfold the way that they do. So um, yeah, that's, that's raw. And I also have to mention the fucking amazing score that I still listen to uh all the time uh the the theme song for this movie just like really amps me up i will like put it on after i get out of an awesome movie and blast it because it has like this organ kind of acoustic electronic sound to it um that is just absolutely amazing and i think we could do like even a whole episode dissecting the score of the film because there's there's so much going on there it's just as layered as the movie is and so uh yeah raw and i really hope that this director uh julia de cornet i think that's how you pronounce her name sorry if i did not uh, pronounce it right but uh man she just stylistically and the way that she shoots it, the way that she edits her film together. Um, she just like Olivia Wilde really knows what the hell she's doing. And, uh, she hasn't, she doesn't have anything on, or at least that I know of that she's going to do next. And it's been like, uh, three years now. And I'm like just as hungry as the, the characters and raw to have some more stuff from her. And so I, I really hope that, uh, down the line we'll get some news about her doing something because she's really a fantastic filmmaker and I just couldn't believe kind of like hereditary that somebody who's just so new to uh, the film scene just seems like they've been you know they create a film that's perfectly fit for the Criterion collection <laughs> oh my goodness if there's a ever a Criterion collection it should be raw for sure and uh, Preston, didn't they serve some good stuff during that screening? Um, I, I can't remember like, uh, cause that's, that was, well, I remember they gave us barf bags right. that did do that with a bunch of stuff uh, in there, but I thought they like served like they, yeah, they served something that was supposed tartar, to look, I think it was supposed to look like raw meat. Yeah. It was beef tartar um, maybe if I remember correctly, cause I remember they supposedly served us rat for rats, but for raw, I thought it was beef tartare, which I've had before. Yeah, uh, I wasn't brave enough to, to do that, uh, but I did get because I did see it again uh, in theaters after it came out, like a couple of months later, and uh, I was brave enough to eat during it because I knew kind of like uh, I, I wasn't like my stomach wasn't quite as 
and many knots. And so I could just kind of enjoy it. But uh, when you watch it for the first time, you're just like, you're all tensed up because you don't know how, what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And so, um, uh, yeah, I wasn't brave enough to get uh, food during that. Or actually, no, that's the one where I got that shitty Indian food uh, thing. And But I tried to eat it before the movie started. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, there there you have it. Our, our three favorite films from Fantastic Fest thus far. Uh, I mean, we can go on and on. Like, I had, like, ten I can mention, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, that's what makes it so special. Uh, I mean, there's so many great things that we could talk about. But uh, you can uh, look at the, fur- the full first wave. I mean, if you Google search it, you can find a website that has it. But fantasticfest.com, uh, you can find all your information there. You can find uh, how to get your badge. You can find out, uh, well, I can tell you right now. It's happening September 19th through the 26th. It's going to be happening in Austin, Texas. So right now is a good time as any to go ahead and just get that badge and uh, get your uh, hotel accommodations and all that and get all that figured out where you're going to stay because it's going to only get more expensive and prices could only go uh, up and, you know, may even reach a point where it sells out. So now's the time. That's why we're doing it. Yep, now's the time to do it, because they usually do sell out. So I would love to see you all there, have a drink, see some movies, talk movies. It would be so good. So, uh, yeah, fantastic fest. Um, And I think that wraps up our 61st episode of My Bloody Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Um, Yeah, it's uh, all, all good stuff. And I'm Brian Kluger with BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com. We're going to read some Blu-ray reviews and movie reviews and the sort. And, of course, this podcast where we do a music show, a wrestling show, and this amazing, bloody podcast. And then Preston can be found everywhere, including YouPorn, X-Hamster, X-Videos, doing all sorts of crazy movie reviews. Naked, maybe. I don't know. But elsewhere as well. Yeah, I write all my reviews bottomless. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Preston Barta, B-A-R-T-A, and uh, where I'm posting all sorts of stuff. Uh, I know this is the furthest thing from horror, but I've been watching uh, The Carol Burnett Show, which I'm just absolutely loving. Um, some of the ones that I haven't seen before, uh, I just really adore her and I really think she's a comedic genius. And so I think it's a show worth checking out. Um, so I'll be writing about that at the Ditton record Chronicle, DittonRC.com and freshfiction.tv where I also have a review up for Hobbs and Shaw. And I'm sure Brian does too, uh, not at my website, but at his website, but, uh, we enjoyed that movie. And so, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff coming out. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, until till next week, check out that Fantastic Fest stuff and uh, look us up online. We'll be happy to say hello to you. And hello. Hello, and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>